want some more Chiefs talk? We got Chiefs talk. Welcome to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley and the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney. Pete, good evening. Good evening, Jay. Nothing like a little more Kansas City Chiefs talk, huh? Well, it's it's going to be some unpleasant talk. Okay? Let's put it this way. <laughs> Their back's against the wall at this point. Yeah, backs against right. the wall for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is what happens. You know, last week wasn't quite a must-win. This one becomes must-win. Usually we start with Chiefs injuries, Pete, but... Uh, and usually you're out there asking questions, so I have the Vaughn Pete's questions yeah. uh, going forward. It's a weird uh, week. When it's Monday Night Football, it's a weird week. But everything is pushed back a bit. We, I think we did get a little bit of injury information in the practice squad protections. So not too, not too long ago, I think it was about 30, 40 minutes ago, we got the transaction report and Shane Bouchelle, a preseason favorite, he um, he was protected as well as linebacker Darius Harris. That should suggest that we'll get probably another game of Anthony Hitchens not in the lineup as he's dealing with the triceps injury. I saw him at practice last week, and he had a an arm in a sling. So looks like more Nick Bolton, but, uh, you know, it's the one bright spot of the Chiefs right <laughs> You know now, what? So. That is not a bad thing. It's Nick no. Bolton, 15 tackles for the Chiefs, leads all rookies in tackles and tackles for losses. and uh, yeah, Tackles for loss in the NFL, not even rookies. Yeah, so tackles for losses, yeah, all yeah. around, not just rookies, but he leads yeah. rookies in tackles yeah. and everything. But Nick Bolton has been, as advertised, it's turned out, there's been some good picks this year. I know we, we look at history, revisionist history with some of the picks, bring those speaks and go that way. Mm. But Creed Humphrey... He's at the elite level, Pro Football Focus said. With with him, Trey Smith, a serviceable starter for this team. And then Nick Bolton <laughs> on defense. I mean, you hit on three guys that are having an impact on this year's draft, uh, team from the draft. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. let's start with the optim- optimism, right? I mean, those, it's are the, optimistic, Pete. those are the three names right there. It's, it's Nick Bolton, it's Creed Humphrey, and it's Trey Smith. Uh, all rookies, all going to be here for a while. They're all playing well, and so you like that. Uh, now let's get to the other 49. That It's not going out so well with Been a little rough. Yeah. Been a little rough at times, especially uh, with defensive playmakers for this team, although uh, Nick Bolton looks like he's going to be a part of this future with the team. The one thing we talked about last week, Pete, going into the uh, Tennessee game, we knew it was going to be stopped at Derrick Henry, which I feel they did, but I also felt like they were outcoached a bit too because they walked right into a trap in Tennessee. Before we get there, though, momentum didn't carry over. Momentum's always talked about in football. Did it carry over? The second half of the Chiefs game, that was momentum. Forcing three punts the second half of the Buffalo Bills game was momentum that did spawn itself into Washington against not a great football team, but they allowed one touchdown. Second half, that was the Chiefs football I think we're all expecting in Washington. That did not parlay itself at all whatsoever in Tennessee. Yeah, no, it it was bad. And any kind of game planning that the Chiefs had, any kind of um, way that they were going to try to have like a balanced attack went out the window because of just how quick the game seemed to get away from the Chiefs. Before you knew it, it was 14 nothing. Chiefs became one-dimensional. That's the worst possible thing, I, I think, for an offense that's struggling a little bit when it comes to turnovers. Not, not struggling statistics-wise coming into the game, but certainly their worst offensive performance and I'd say one of the worst regular season games, if not the worst regular season game of the Patrick Mahomes era. Well, Patrick Mahomes was on with Rich Eisen uh, show this week about the pressing part. It's nothing to do. I think there is moments where I am trying to do too much, but I think it's nothing to do with any other guys on the, on the team, uh, offense, defense, or special teams. I think it's just me wanting to win. 
I mean, I, I want to win, I think, more than pretty much everybody, and I, I try to do whatever I can to put our team in the best positions to win. But there's times where, I, where the way that I've done, the turnovers that I've created, uh, the fumbles, the, the interceptions have, have hurt the team in, a, in a, more than I, a way that I didn't intend to happen. So uh, me kind of getting back to my fundamentals I think will be extremely important um, for us to have success this season. And clearly Mahomes is a big talking point this week, even though I will say this, second most efficient offense ever per drive going into that Tennessee game. There's It's sixth right now as far as points per drive. But is he pressing? Is he not pressing? He says he is pressing a bit. That's him admitting it right there that he's pressing. He had a great interview with CDOT, and we'll get to some of those, those cuts later as he comes on each and every Monday. But one way to stop him to press, in my opinion, is when they had the chance and they deferred to the second half. You put that offense out there first. You let them do their damage. I feel they went the analytical way, Pete, because yeah. the Tennessee had gone eight straight first drives without scoring a touchdown, and the Chiefs went analytical. And they kind of went Madden game on it, score at the end of the half, then get the ball first of the second half, be able to put 14 points on the board. But your offense is better than your defense. I don't think that's even a question. And I don't feel the defense has earned the defer. And if it does put any pressure on your quarterback where he's pressing, not a good idea. Yeah, the only thing I'll, I'll push back on, it's not anything new that Andy Reid's doing. I mean, he's been deferring for years now. It's it's almost like a no-brainer. He, he used to in his Eagles days. He would receive the ball uh, quite often. And then I remember him talking about it one time. I've said it a, a couple times on this show and other shows. Uh, I, I think the percentage is around 53 54% if you uh, defer to the second half. I know people have been getting their hands up in the air. Uh, a lot of times you're going to get the same amount of possessions or at least one uh, anyway, and so that that's worked for the Chiefs over the past few years. Okay, maybe you make a case where they have to change everything at this moment, kind of ch- cut the chicken's head off, if you will, if you, if you want to, you know, say that. So, I I don't I don't know how different the game is if if they get the ball first. Uh, I just I just think they're out of sorts right now. I mean, there were empty possessions with the Chiefs. There were punts. There were interceptions and. I just don't know. I I I think they were in a funk uh, on Sunday, but I also think like Andy Reid will say this sometimes too, where it's not as good as you think and it's not as bad as you think. Y- you could have won the, those games against the Ravens and the Chargers, and if this was just a stinker, I don't think it would be extreme panic mode necessarily in Kansas City. I mean, it's certainly cause for concern, and I think the Chiefs are in a vulnerable position for the first time in a while. But, man, things could be uh, a lot different right now. It, it certainly is that game of inches, that small margin for error, and you see the parity of the NFL taking place right now right here in Kansas City. Well, here's the uh, defense giving up points per drive. They're worse than the NFL. They give up 2.87 points per drive. That's that's dead last in the NFL. Last year when they went to Super Bowl, 13th in the NFL, 2.10 points per drive. Then 2019 when they win the Super Bowl, 1.88 points per drive. It's another point above where that was in 2019 for points per drive with the Chief. That's why I'm saying the defense has not earned the deferral at this point. You have to switch your mindset a little bit. Did they walk into a trap, though, Pete? Because they did slow down Derrick Henry. Titans knew that was going to be the Chiefs' uh, public enemy, number one, was Derrick Henry. Stopping the 86 yards rushing, less than three yards of carry. Nick Bolton was huge, you know, in, in stopping Derrick Henry in that time, you know, throwing the gaps, what he did out in midfield, and he did it at the goal line as well. But then Tannehill was 8 of 9 passing in the play action. He was the guy that was 11 for his first 11 in this game. He had Derrick Henry throwing the pass. Almost to me, I felt the same way in the Ravens because the Chiefs expected more blitzes in the Ravens game. Yeah, Tennessee did not blitz. Uh, the Chiefs, they were thrown out of wax. I felt the coaching edge 
definitely went to Tennessee because yeah. they were playing chess with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs lost the match. I have two points on, on this. It, it seemed like, and for good reason, right, because we knew about Derrick Henry coming into the game. He looked like the most dominant player in uh, the NFL. It, it seemed like the Chiefs were ready for that challenge, and they were. I mean, you, you hold him to under 100 yards. If we would have said that before the game, hey, Jay, uh, this Sunday the Chiefs are going to hold Derrick Henry under 100 yards, we would have said, oh, Definite win for the Chiefs, but it just didn't translate to that. What it ended up translating to was single coverage for a guy like A.J. Brown, who is one of the up-and-comer as far as receivers go uh, in the NFL, and he really had a good day. And then it was a little bit of that that quicksand type of game where, again, Chiefs get down, and then the Titans kind of had their way with the Chiefs for the rest of the day. And so, uh, yeah, you're getting, you're getting outplayed, uh, and you're getting outcoached right now. Two things that we're just not used to in Kansas City. But I, I think you're seeing panic when it comes to the offense just based on the one game. And I, I think you're right to an extent. I think the offense is okay. If they just cleaned it up a little bit, and I said this going into the Titans, the offense just cleaned it up a little bit, it would make everything easier because you know at a certain point, the opposing teams would have to get a little bit one-dimensional. And that, too, is going to help the defense where they can pin their ears back and everything kind of flows into each other. It's ex- the problem right now is you just have no flow on either side of the ball. And so no one can get into a groove and you end up losing uh, games to good teams. The chiefs have now lost to every single division winner, including their own. And we'll get into that. How many losses can the chiefs withstand uh, throughout the regular season and still make the playoffs. Uh, one thing that I did find interesting was this whole identity talk. Andy Reid talked about it on Monday in the press conference yeah. uh, that you were in. Patrick Mahomes talked about this. Uh, with Rich Eisen, he talked about with Carrington Harrison. Here's Andy Reid on identity. Yeah, I think we're still working through that right now. You know, mm. well, we've got to <clears throat> we've got to um, uh, form that identity here, and we've got these remaining games to do that. We've got to make sure that we get that together. And here was Patrick Mahomes with Carrington. Yeah, no, it was a it was a bad performance by by us as a whole. Um, Kind of the only way you can go is up now. I mean, uh, we have to find a way to get better. We have to find a way to, to kind of come together as a team and find our our identity. And uh, uh, kind of, we have to do it now. I mean, uh, it's been a battle this year. We've kind of battled through to even be at this point at three and four. And so now uh, we have to find a way to kind of string something together uh, day by day to be, be a better team so that hopefully we can find a way to, to make a run at it. This- Hearing you say that about identity, and Andy also spoke to it as well, one thing that sort of confuses me is – I'm surprised that a team that has as much continuity as you guys have offensively, defensively, and the coaching staff, that you guys are still trying to figure out what your identity is almost at the midpoint of the season. You surprised, Pete, that we're this far in the no, season this, looking for the identity? Love me some C dot. Love coming on with them usually at uh, 3 o'clock here on Wednesdays. This is completely overblown. Today you're on, too, though. What? He bumped you. He bumped me. It's at 2 o'clock today. Completely overblown. What do you want them to say? They're 3 and 4. You want them to tell you their identity is? Their identity right now is they stink. I, 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 of course, they're still figuring it out because they are not who they have been so far this year. I, I think it almost is, in, in a sense, not a loaded question, but almost a trick question. Because if they say, hey, we're one of the best teams to play in the AFC, we're one of the best teams in the AFC, we're still a Super Bowl contender, 
I think that would get out and a lot of people would laugh at that. So how do you even answer that question correctly? I, I think that's completely overblown. Thank God they're still figuring out their identity because right now their identity is not good enough. <laughs> the identity who would be right. Like what do you do? What, what do you? Well, how do you, you answer that question correctly? That, yeah. yeah, like I, I don't. I don't get that point. I, but you're I, still searching for it. That's kind of a eh, yeah. You don't want to Thank be God for they're it. three and four. You want them to be like, oh, we're satisfied with the way our identity is right now. I think that's such no, a I silly think the point. Identity to me. is actually there. It's like the turnovers change. Yeah, with their that identity is they stink right now. They're not going to say that. They're saying we're still figuring it out. Thank God. Coming, coming up next, the lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Ron Copp ran some numbers, and uh, Frank Clark had some pressures. But what does it mean? We'll ask Ron next. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Time to be joined by the lead analyst of ArrowheadPride.com as he joins us each and every week at 6.15 on Wednesdays. Ron Kopp. Ron, what was worse this weekend? The offense or the defense? <laughs> or the coaching? That is, that, that's the question, right? That is, that is a another, question, another trick uh, question. Loaded. <laughs> Loaded question. I, I, if, I have to, if I have to pick one, I, I, I'm going to have to say the offense. And, and I always go back to this when we talk about, you know, hey, the defense is struggling, the offense needs to pick it up or whatever. This team was built to score points. This team was built to be a juggernaut on offense. It was not built for the defense to be carrying this team in those kind of situations. And, yeah, you'd like the defense to. And, obviously, you know, in an ideal world, both the offense and defense are as good as it gets. But this team was built around offensive, you know, scoring points, especially through the air. You have your elite quarterback. Not putting up more than three points is just that's just I mean, inexcusable. So i got to go with the offense. Going with the offense, and what would you make of the offensive line when you went back and rewatched it? Obviously, when you watch it live, you're like, "Man, man Orlando Brown's getting schooled." Uh, Brandon Thorne, who uh, does a lot of NFL uh, line stuff and review towards Paler, he had him on his show there at the end, and it was really good stuff from him. But after watching it again, what'd you see from the tackles compared to what you saw in the interior? Yeah, so it was the tackles that struggled a lot more than the interior. You know, and, and I say that with Trey Smith. Didn't have his best game either. Probably one of his worst games of his, of his young career so far. Had a couple penalties and, and gave up a sack towards the end as well. But 
No, it was the tackles, and that's the thing. You know, the Orlando Brown, he's still learning as a pass protector in terms of, you know, being a guy that has to drop back and pass that 50, 60 times a game. He never had to do that in Baltimore. Baltimore, a lot of the passing stuff was based off of play action. He never really had to be a true pass-setting offensive tackle. But he's still learning through that. It's still seven games into that, into that kind of a career change for him. And so, yeah, I, I, I think – he didn't have the greatest game, but I think an elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that we all come to, to see him do in the past, he needs to make up for some of that, that edge pressure that Brown can get up around the edge by stepping up into the pocket and kind of neutralizing the fact that, you know, a guy's coming around the edge. So I think it was a little of both. I think, yeah, Brown didn't have his best game, and he, he'd tell you that. He gave up a few quarterback hits. But I think Mahomes, you know, had the chance to kind of neutralize some of those by because by, the interior offensive line was definitely – solidifying a wall at the, at the top of the pocket where Mahomes could have stepped up into. And so, yeah, I, I think it was, it was both. I don't want to put the blame on necessarily one or the other. I think they, they both take some, and, and I think Mahomes has got to kind of help Brown out a little more in those situations. Pete Sweeney, Jay Binkley, talking to our Arrowhead Pride lead analyst, Ron Kopp. Ron, I want to zone in on Brown and just have you elaborate a little bit there because I think we see what happened last game, and I think for an okay reason for a right reason. Chiefs fans are a little bit concerned about Brown just considering this is thought to be the player who's going to be the future of the left tackle position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it time to panic specifically when it comes to Orlando Brown? I wouldn't say it's time to panic at all because I think we got a lot of season ahead of us before they have to make that uh, determination on whether they want to sign him long-term. And I think he's still growing. I think, like, like I mentioned, he's still progressing. I think right now what you're seeing is and, and we all knew this coming out of college. Orlando Brown was not a great athlete. He was actually historically one of the worst athletes in combine history in terms of offensive tackle. Right. And the bench press was bad. He makes up for that by being this, this huge guy that can really maul in the run game. And that's why he excels so much in Baltimore. And he's excelling in Kansas City in terms of when they run the ball. He, he's a great run blocker. He's just struggling right, right now a little bit to, to get depth in his pass set. When, when a guy is really truly rushing uh, with speed around that edge, it is tough for Brown right now to, to get back there and get his hands on him and, and kind of completely wash him out of the play. Like I mentioned, I think Mahomes could have kind of helped him out a little bit sometimes, but Brown is struggling definitely to kind of push that arc, uh, you know, behind Mahomes. He's kind of the, the edge rushers are able to kind of get you know, uh, kind of cut up a little better and, and get the Mahomes on the back of his drop. So, yeah, it's definitely not time to panic because I think he has a long a long way to go this season in terms of getting better and better each snap, but. It was not encouraging for sure, and, and I think teams are going to start, you know, taking notice of that a lot more. Where they're going to be sending their best, their fastest edge rushers, their their speediest edge rushers off the edge. They're going to be sending them on Brown side because uh, out of the two, and and I think both offensive tackles have kind of struggled with it, you know, in terms of Remmers and Niang as well. But specifically Brown, he's really struggled to get depth and kind of get back there to, to uh, prevent that speed. Do you think the trust factor with Patrick in Orlando Brown in the offensive line in general is still there? Because obviously that. The Buccaneers game, there wasn't a lot of trust there. It seems sometimes with the pocket presence, whether you leave a clean pocket or not, that you don't fully have that trust. And I know Orlando Brown did play some left tackle, but he's a, he's a right tackle in the National Football League, playing left tackle in a different scheme, run-heavy scheme in Baltimore, pass-heavy scheme here. Do you feel like that trust is there? They say it is, but do you really feel that it is? You can tell it's not, and, and and Mahomes may trust them. You know, he he may actually trust them. He may be you know being honest if he says he trusts them. It's just subconsciously right now. You kind of you know when you're not playing confidently or you are pressing like we've all heard him you know admit that he is. 
you know, you, you feel you feel a little edge rush, and all of a sudden you, you want to you just make sure you get out of you know get out of that pocket and try to make the play outside the pocket because he know he, he knows he can. But I think subconsciously, yeah, he doesn't trust the fact that you know if he does step up in the pocket, that Brown's going to be able to wash the guy out from, from the back of the pocket. So. Yeah, I, I think I think there is a lacking of trust for sure, and 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 you're seeing it in his play. I, I think we need to see a, a. It'd be nice to have a, a great game of pass protection to kind of boost his confidence. And so when you know we down the line there is, you know, more games where the protection's kind of breaking down a little better, he's able to maneuver just because he's a little more confident because he maybe strings together a game or two of, of better pass protection and trusting that. Ron, I want to switch it to the other side of the trenches. It, it just doesn't seem like the defensive line has been good enough. I understand that they were able to keep Derrick Henry under 100 yards, but the pass rush just has not been there all year. What are you identifying right now that, that really is the problem with the defensive line? Yeah, I, I, I think really right now it's, it's the fact that they haven't been able to play all together, and Spags has mentioned that in his press conferences that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a cohesive group. You know, that, you know they're playing off each other, you know, stunts and, and all that kind of thing. They're playing off each other, and if you don't have that group together for you know a extended period of time, it's going to hurt them. And I do think offenses right now are really taking advantage of the fact that the Chiefs appear to be you know trusting their corners and their and their defensive backs to play man coverage on receivers, and offenses are just throwing it up. And you saw that against the Titans specifically; they were really throwing the ball quick, getting the ball out of their hands, and it actually negated some good pass rush wins. I actually thought the pass rush was better against Tennessee. You just never saw it really come to fruition because the ball is out of Tannehill's hands so quick. Uh, you know, I, Frank Clark actually had a, quite a you know handful of pressures in that game that I was impressed with. Honestly, I mean, he, he's playing with good uh, good strength right now. He's bull rushing really well, but that's the problem. It's, it's a cohesive, the defense is a, is a whole group, and, and one level has to help the other. And the coverage may not be helping the pass rush, but in those in those bad situations, you know, the pass rush isn't helping the coverage either. So. Right. It needs to be more consistent, for sure, no doubt about it. And they need to finish those packs. But I do think offenses are taking advantage and, and really throwing quick and getting the ball out of their hands so quick. And, and the coverage is kind of allowing them. Yeah, but finishing the sack is important, Ron. You know, blitz percentage, they're sixth in the NFL. Blitzes, they're eighth, eighth in the NFL. Pressure percentage, 11th quarterback hits. They're 13th in the league. But then you look at sacks, and they're second to last in the NFL in sacks. So the attempt there is to blitz. It's not like you can look at the Chiefs and say, well, they shouldn't blitz as much because they're obviously not getting to the quarterback. But then do you have a front four you can trust like the way teams are playing Mahomes with this group? Yeah, and, and I think it's going to depend on each matchup, too. Uh, you know, upcoming against the Giants, they have a pretty banged-up offensive line right now. And I've said that in the past against Chiefs opponents, and it, it didn't seem to matter. Uh, but I do think the, the, the fact that everyone's kind of getting healthy, I think Frank Clark is looking healthy. And, and, and I think if Chris Jones is, is feeling good with his wrist again, if those two are feeling good, it'll help the other pass rushers. I do think Jaron Reed's actually starting to kind of come on a little bit. He made some plays against the run, uh, more so against the pass, uh, you know, against the Titans. But, yeah, I, I do think I do think they're going to just have to show it by, by having a good game against a bad offensive line like the Giants just because they're banged up. And, and we need to see that, you know. It, it, we can't talk about it anymore. You know, they had an Eagles line that they that they could have taken advantage of that was banged up, and they didn't. They had a Ravens line, and I know that the offense is a little different. They need to actually come out and take advantage of one of these injured lines and, and kind of instill confidence. And, yeah. yeah, I'm tired of looking at injury reports. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. matter if they're injured It or does not. not seem to matter. Talking with Ron Kopp, our lead <laughs> analyst at Arrowhead Pride, each and every week he'll do an opponent scout, which highlights the key parts to watch between the Chiefs and their opponents. So as you 
get ready. I know you were just talking about the Giants and their offensive line. What is the key for this particular matchup on Monday night? Yeah, so for the Giants, when they have the ball, they do have some playmakers. I know Saquon Barkley is not going to be playing, but rookie first-round pick, Kadarius Tony, and he's, and he's been hurt, but he, he sounds like he's kind of uh, trending back to play. On the mend. Man, he is, he is a playmaker, and he is someone that is definitely going to give the second-level and third-level defenders on the Chiefs in trouble. You know, we've seen the, the tackling troubles on this team, and, and he's not going to be a guy that's going to be easy to tackle, and they love getting him the ball. They kind of force-feed him the ball ever since he's kind of come on within the last few weeks. And so he's going to be kind of that main focus, I would say, on the offensive side of the ball. Giants defense is pretty pretty stout, I would say. They, they have some good pieces on the defensive line. You know, a guy like Leonard Williams is pretty disruptive. So mm-hmm. it's going to be another good test of the offensive line and the pass protection. You know, I was kind of saying, you know, we, you want to see Mahomes have a, have a great game in terms of pass protection and kind of pocket integrity to kind of build that confidence. Well, it, it's not going to get much easier. You know, the Titans – had a had a talented defensive line, not a great you know, not a great one. Giants kind of have that same one where they have some talented players that just maybe aren't you know uh, statistically that great, but they could show off and, and Chiefs kind of perform like they did against Tennessee. It could be kind of a similar game where Mahomes is kind of running for his life. Right. Ron Cop, the lead analyst for ArrowheadPride.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Ron underscore as Pete says K O double P. That's right. Um, thanks a lot, Ron. We really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Yeah, nice. Nice to see Ron Cobb doing fine work over you can there. Tell, at man, he's, he's trying to find the optimism we all are right now, right? Except for Kramer, who's been nailing these oh, on your Red Pride uh, in the simulation. Might have been. Might have been. didn't like the simulation last flaw week. Fatal flaw. Kramer on, on board. <laughs> what had simulation? I told you I brought it up. I said <laughs> the simulation has the Titans rolling the Chiefs, and well, the simulation wasn't, worked. Wasn't wrong. The simulation worked. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Coming up next, the Chiefs sit with four losses. They have the toughest schedule going forward in the NFL. How many losses can they afford this, well, not quite second half of the season, but close enough. We discuss that next. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, your source for Chiefs information. I know it's one of my first uh, stops every single day. Oh, you, you usually wake up, right, and you go right to the phone, Arrowhead Pride, the phone version. That's the one-two, one-two punch. Won't say what I'm doing when I look at it, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Family show, Jay. Come on, family show. Or where I look at it at, you know? Yeah, that... Yeah. Just saying, Pete. James Palmer, interesting tweet today. and Jimmy. Jimmy P. Well, we know how tough the schedule was the first uh, five weeks of the season, playing the number one DVOA offenses in the league at that point, far ahead of everybody else. 18% to 11%, the second closest. But James Palmer, toughest remaining schedules 2021 season. The Chiefs, number one toughest schedule. <laughs> Uh, 61, 6-12 winning percentage, 41-26. and 26. The Panthers next at 591, followed by the Vikings. Then there's the Browns and the 49ers. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, it's the Giants this week. They win this week. Three of their four victories will be against the NFC East, and they haven't yeah. played the Cowboys yet, but it, they would be making some. They'd be making a run in the NFC East, Pete, if that's, uh, that were the case for the Chiefs. That was, you, a, that was a pleasant surprise. A pleasant. You look at the schedule before the year starts. And you say to yourself, all right, after this opening gauntlet, it opens up a little bit, right? Yeah. 
And now you get to this part of the schedule after you play the Giants, which I mean should be a win. Or if we get to Tuesday, can you say not, that anymore though? Not definitively. So you get past that though. Let's just let's just say that okay, they they they're able to manage a rebound game. They did beat the Washington football team thirty-one to thirteen, so it should be the same type of game. But then you got the Pack, and okay, the Pack were, was supposed to be good. The Raiders have been what has been a pleasant surprise in Vegas. The Dallas Cowboys were not supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. The Chargers finally look like they have broken through as a legitimate team. The Pittsburgh Steelers, we thought it was going to be their their year where they fall completely off. They're, they look competitive. And then you have the Cincinnati Bengals, who right now look like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AFC. So you have three games where I would say right now where you can definitively say – the Chiefs are the better team. It's the Giants, it's the Denver Broncos, and it's the Denver Broncos. Why am I mentioning that? Because starting on Monday night, because of that fact, you don't have an option but to win against those teams. If you slip up one of those games, you don't know if that's going to cost you the postseason because right now, and we were talking about it during the break, we used to be able to say, hey, an 11-5 can get you in. But now it's a 17-game schedule. There's no precedent to really knowing where the line is going to be. Does that become 11-6 now? Right. It, it, you're not really sure. Do you need to get to 12 wins, right? And you really look at the schedule, and it feels like 10-7 and seven might be close to the ceiling unless you really see a turnaround of this team. The bottom line is you got to get these winnable games. You have to get it. And, and this is one on Monday. You slip up. It is Week 8 Giants. You have Week 13 Broncos and then week 18 Broncos who knows if you actually need week 18 to get in the the playoffs this year you got to get those games and I looked at the first five like like you did we talked a lot about the first five games of the season we had the uh we had Cleveland and Baltimore the Chargers and the Bills mixed in there but then the, the next three to me was big what are you going to be record-wise when you face the Green Bay Packers now right. if they went 3-0 in Washington Tennessee and the Giants they'd be 5-3 and now they lost that game at Tennessee now their best hope is being 2-1 and which would put them Right at four and four, facing the Green Bay Packers because by product of the schedule, that's the miscellaneous team thrown in here. Obviously, the NFC East is who they're playing this year as a reciprocal division. But Green Bay, Vegas, and Dallas become that three mm-hmm. in that grouping right there. You know, Vegas still likes the Chiefs. They've still been favoring the Chiefs. I don't know how long that is going to last, Pete. They seem to really like them, and I think eventually that's going to wear off because. This team does not cover unless they're playing Philly in Washington. Right. Yeah. No. I. I. I completely agree. I. And it's it's interesting. And and we we talked about the spread for Monday night, and it's a ten point spread. I, I mean, I I think the Chiefs win this football game. Do you feel confident about a ten point spread? No. I don't feel no, confident. I feel confident in the win, but not the spread. But but here's how I feel right now. Like I I just think the Chiefs play to the 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 flow of the game, and they never really pull away. In a sense, it, it seemed like. Washington was a grand outlier in that sense. If you gave me the Chiefs against any team right now, of course I would pick the Chiefs over a lot of teams, but you're talking about 10 points. Even at home, I would be uncomfortable against most teams in the league. Maybe Sands, Detroit, because and the road teams have Jacksonville and Houston. But what is that? That's 29 teams that you wouldn't feel comfortable with a 10-point spread, and, and that's what it is on Monday. We'll see if the, the Chiefs can cover. I I. I, d- I doubt it at this point. And we're seeing a lot of success from road teams coming in. And road teams like going to Arrowhead now because if the Giants somehow build a lead, like 10-point mm-hmm. lead, you know the crowd will turn on them. 
This crowd will turn into Boo Birds if they start slowly against the Giants. Just kind of your feel, Pete, if they win and or lose this game, where we sit mentality-wise. I don't think your mentality changes that radically in a, in a win unless it is an absolute dominant performance. Yeah, like a 38-3 type bombing. Where there's no doubt that you just came out and you re-announced yourself. Yeah, it, it is an inferior opponent, but you went out and you finally are starting to do what you're supposed to do against an inferior opponent. Um, a loss would be understandable panic. And, you know, I try to really be somebody who doesn't get too far off the edge. But, my goodness, if if you drop a game to the, to the New York Giants, a, a sub-500 NFC East team, especially with how the Cowboys are playing, not a ton to play for. I, I think they know themselves as they're rebuilding this franchise they're probably going to be within what the top 10 top 15 picks in the nfl draft and you're supposed to be a super bowl contender if you drop to two games under 500 and you got these three games ahead and you play like that against a lowly team like what are you gonna do against the green bay packers you're facing in my opinion if you lose to the giants i i don't know how you could reasonably say that the kansas city chiefs would make the postseason and the only shot really now is the division you hope the Chargers begin sure. the Chargers, the Raiders begin the Raider. You, you do have the Chargers one more time. You get the Raiders twice. Again, the Raiders like to play the Chiefs yeah. close. The only thing that, you know, it, as as much as I'm saying it would be dire, and, and I feel that way, the only thing you're really out of right now is skipping wild card weekend because there's only one AFC by. The Chiefs are not going to have the best record in the AFC. They're just not. So you still have the division in front of you. I mean, you got it. You're you're at you're at your end of time for the division. You have to start winning now if you want to maintain the division because you'll get into a wild card territory here. And right now, you still need things to break your way if you're going to win the division. And you got two teams in front of you that that are playing well. I, the the Chargers I've liked since before the season. Jay, you know that. And the Raiders are playing. It seems to me even a little bit better after the departure of John Gruden and Basaki. Even after getting hammered, the Ravens, you still believe in them. I mean, they were they were hammered. Then the Ra- the Ravens have given up five hundred you know, yards two of the last three weeks. We've seen, but yet they hammered the. We've Chargers. seen weird games this season, though, Jay. Like, you know, I think back to Week One and the Steelers beating the Bills, and I just think the Bills are a way better team than the Steelers. The Titans. See, you say that, but the Steelers beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Yeah, but you're not going to come on here and say that the Jets are better than the Titans, are you? No, Derek Henry in for one. You know what I mean? I'm like, just saying the AFC is a mess. It, the it AFC doesn't, is a mess. It doesn't no make team, a ton of sense. Listen, it, it, NFL.com put out their parent. Five of the top six are NFC teams. The right. NFC has the legit teams. The AFC, there are flaws with every team. Obviously, the Chiefs' major flaws. They could really be competing in this AFC without some of those flaws because the Bills have flaws. The Ravens certainly do. The Chargers have flaws. They all have flaws. That's where I would agree with you, and that could kind of give you some confidence here is because the conference, I would completely agree, is a mess. So if you can somehow get back to the laboratory, you come back into practice on Thursday. Remember, everything's a day later this week. You come back into practice on Thursday and you, you hit the reset button, and you're able to kind of get some of that old swagger back where the offense is no longer turning the football over. You may be fresh because you have an extra day of rest this week because you're not playing until Monday night. Finally, as Ron Kopp was alluding to before, our lead analyst, and saying, you know, Frank Clark is looking all right. Chris Jones, so long as he can take the field, we're now working on a groin injury as well. Maybe he's looking all right. Maybe... Derek Nottie and Jaron Reed are coming to their own. Maybe that's going to help out these cornerbacks. And, and you're starting to feel like, all right, these long, young linebackers, maybe not even Tyron Matthew, these young linebackers can give you energy. 
and you start to put it together and you string a few wins together, we could be having a very different conversation two or three weeks from now. The money line here, though, is it's if. we. It's just so much yeah, if You can't right allow now. five straight uh, points scored on right. five straight drives, three touchdowns, no. two field goals. Can't do it. 913-576-7610 is the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. If you have a question for Pete, we'll get to that in the next segment. Plus, is all the negative energy, does it filter its way into the locker room? I'll ask Pete next. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, in his plaid, Pete Sweeney. You know, it's that time of year, Jay, so you got to plaid Pete, up. you wore this in July. <sighs> why, did, why is it? Everyone. I'm just saying, you cut your sleeves off a little bit, you know? plaid haters here at 610 Sports Radio. You're the only one that does it, Pete. It's a look, you know? You're the only one to do it, Sometimes Pete. you got to tap into your... Inner Nick Miller, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you feel a this? People, a couple people out there know what I'm talking. Do you about. feel the negative energy gets into this clubhouse because you know outside <laughs> noise? This is what uh, Carrington asked uh, Mahomes Monday. Um, I hope not. I mean, to me, I, I think the guys that we have in this locker room, we understand what we can be. We understand what it takes. Um, it's just about putting in that effort every single day. Obviously, this season hasn't gone the way we wanted to, uh, the way we expected. Um, but it's not over. I mean, we, we still have a, a long way to go, and if, if we continue to, get, to find ways to get better um, and find ways to, to win football games and win practices and win film studies or whatever it is, I believe we have the guys in this locker room that can, can, can do what we need to do in order for us to have the success that we want to have. Does it creep in, Pete, because this team is media savvy. They're social media savvy. They watch TV. Listen, it's hard to find somebody not crapping on the Chiefs unless you're watching HGTV or Food Network. I mean, because anything else you're watching, right. they're coming down on the Chiefs. ESPN loves to with Spears and Orlovsky and, and well, Stephen A. doing his thing. And it, I mean, the Chiefs, Shannon Sharp over on Fox, I mean, it's becoming, they have to hear it. Because you every time I flip the channel on, they're talking, what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? Well, you know Mahomes hears it because he likes these type of shows. I mean, he says in press conferences, I'm going to be on Come On Man. Come On Man, and he was. Right? And, and so he is certainly hearing it. And I just feel like if, if Mahomes watches this type of stuff, I, you got to think some of the other guys do. I think there are some guys in the locker room that do a nice job of, of shutting it down. I'll give you an example. I, I remember that. Mitch Morse, when he was here, he just would shut off Twitter for the entire season because he didn't want to see people talking about his PFF grade or breaking down one of his missed uh, blocks uh, and whatnot. Uh, so different guys have, have different strategies. I, the way I would look at it is as motivation, right? I, I, I think it would tick me off if I were some of these guys with the way that a lot of folks, and, and granted, it's, it's been seven weeks, so it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of time here, but a lot of folks have just been like, okay, dynasty over then you have other people saying when did the dynasty start and whatnot and it's become a little laughable for the organization so i, I don't know i think i'd be like a little insulted at this point and, and maybe they will take it personally and maybe you see some of that on, on monday night against the giants i mean especially the offense but we know they're good yeah. travis kelsey's going to the hall of fame patrick mahomes was on that trajectory i still assume he is at this point andy reed's definitely going into the hall of fame tyree kill you know considered the top three wide receiver in the NFL, they've got the talent to do it. The defense 
just hearing how bad you are because they are, you know, you know, bad this year. We know what they're not dead last like a lot of people think they are because they're well, they're not great. They're twenty seventh, but they're not dead last. The turnovers that is an issue. I think they know it, but they're reminded every time they turn the TV on what's wrong with the Chiefs. That's got to start driving you crazy at some point. You got to get a block that stuff out. I agree, but but you know, just like when players are celebrating and people get their hands up in the air about that, and then you have other analysts saying like, "Then stop them." The only way to stop some of this talk from all these heads that you see nationally on ESPN and Fox Sports, locally, nationally, whatever you want to say, is to win. Just start winning. If you win the next four games in a row and you show them that you are not what the first seven weeks were, all this will go away. And then you go into your bye, you refresh, recharge, and you get ready to play this final run. You got to win, right? The only way this is going to go away, the only way this is going to stop is if you win football games. All right, 913-576-7610, the JSAF Land Tow Service text line. Questions for Pete. This coming from the 785, Pete. Uh-oh. Bing Pete, you have to tell me, do I pick KC in my survivor pool this week? <laughs> my answer, do it with caution if you like to sweat. It's not the end-all, be-all. I don't know what other teams you've selected at this point. You should feel safe in this one. I would go ahead and do it, but it depends on if you use the Bills yet. If you use the Bills yet, because that's a team you should play. That is my pick, the Bills in it's the gonna be mine Sports too. KC uh, Survivor Pool. And you're you're dancing with the two, Mr. Strike. <sighs> Those damn Titans, Jay. I picked the Titans. Over the Jets. And One the minute. Jets beat them, which I cannot believe still, so I have a strike. Yeah, I think the Bills are a safer pick. Not that I think the Chiefs are necessarily unsafe, but I, you know, you don't know what version you're gonna get right now. Like I said, I, I got the Chiefs. I don't have them covering by ten. Um it's hard to predict that this is going to be a game where from wire to wire you feel completely safe where, you know, I look at what's going down in Miami and how you have all these rumors about uh, Deshaun Watson and you have the Buffalo Bills coming off the bye. You got McDermott from the Andy Reid tree. Give me the Buffalo Bills against Miami. 913. Pete, what's your favorite food? I'll amend this question just a little bit. <laughs> Take you out of the press box when the Chiefs are on the road, or you're sitting there watching Monday Night Football. What's my favorite? What is your? Food? I know you like peanut wings. I know you like the wings, but what's your go-to uh, football snack? Okay, I love the peanut wings. As you know, you kind of took it out, out of me. You gotta go with some nachos, right? Nothing wrong with a few chos. When when what you're do you like, like on nachos, beef or chicken? The peanut actually low key has some good beef nachos. I thought you were only wings there. I you, you go. There's three orders you could have at the peanut. Nachos with the beef, of course the wings, and then the BLT. Underrated. You know, I, I agree with you. I even said, I tried to talk TC out of this the other day. Because yeah. I, I I have that burger with the... Uh, you got a little wing sauce With the wing it. sauce yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. I actually like it. I told Cita, because I thought you just eat wings. I said, well, you can have like an order of wings and, and, and chew on them through whenever. The, but get yourself a burger. <laughs> but there's other options. Colleague from the star, Sam Melliger, we've talked a lot of times that you get the wings and the BLT and a side of fries. And you got to go really hungry for that that type of combo. How confident do you feel in this game with the Giants? I mean, you usually have confidence. I have a lot of confidence. I don't know. I predicted last team. week for the Chiefs to score 39 points. I know you did. Uh, to 27, and uh, I got one of them correct. I uh, did not get the Chiefs right. They scored three. So I feel confident again, but take that for what it's worth. I've picked them <laughs> every game, and, Jay, I've been wrong four times, and I hope no more. But Is there an L? Are you going to pick against them here? I told, C- I told C-Dot that I'll pick the Chiefs this week, and we'll see what happens on Thursday Night Football and Monday Night Football, but I'm 
likely going to end up picking against the Chiefs for the first time in what's been year and change or two years uh, with the Packers. For so long, you're just like, well, Mahomes versus X, you got to go with Mahomes. But right now, with the way the rest of the team is playing, I, you know, I don't know how you would pick this version over Aaron Rodgers, especially with Devontae likely coming back in that game. Text line says Cincinnati's the no-brainer. Go with them because they are playing the Jets. But again, I think Pete's uh, scared of the Jets at this point because well, of what they did the Titans. But I've, I've used the Bengals. The AFC. Well, I used the Bengals you're also the facing, you're also It's also Joe Burrow versus Mike White. Why did I pick the Bengals already? Who is Against Mike the Jags. White? And you know what? He used to be a coach of the Raiders. But I used to... But I used the Bengals against the Jags, and I sweated the entire game. And I have a rule: don't do anything on Thursday night football. But I broke my. You're rule. a big man too. You have a and healthy I, I amount of sweat. Right There's a lot of sweat. Pete. It comes right through the shirt. Arrowheadpride.com is where you see Pete, uh, Ron Cop, Matt Stegner, and the crew, John Dixon, you name it. The crew over at Arrowheadpride.com, the one-stop shop for mm. Chiefs information. Thanks to Ron Cop for joining us as he does each and every week. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Thanks to Grant Nicholson, yeah, Grant. producing the operation. What's up next, Pete? Oh, you know it's pick at night. Come on. And what does he know? Everything about football. There you go. Wow. See you guys in a minute. to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.